All right, it's time for the Miami Sports Pod. And guys, we're going to start a little different right now because set it off. The alarms have to go off. Set off the alarms of what's happening right now. Yes. This is not a test. Kawhi Leonard is available. He wants to leave San Antonio. How do you do that with your phone? I still use a this clock is an radio. Emergency broadcast transmission. Yes, this it's is an emergency. That was really well done. Is the FCC going to get on us for using that though? Isn't that thing supposed to be only for real emergencies? This is a real emergency. I've got Kawhi a bigger. Why Leonard is available? I've got a. I've got a bigger emergency. You know? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I don't want to know your emergency. Are you about to derail the pod? I'm just going to say this for those who know Dookie Lang. <laughs> Dookie is the king of oversharing information. All I'm going to say is that we were a little delayed in recording this podcast, and uh, and and Dookie was oversharing why he was running a little behind. Listen, he had an emergency too, and it wasn't a test. Technical difficulties. <laughs> Technical difficulties, indeed, and that's the way we begin. I usually the I usually derail it talking about Jakeem Grant, Will Manso, Dookie Lang, Clay Furrow here on the Miami Sports Pod, and yes. Uh, this is that whole segment should be a test. The Heat will feel ten pounds lighter if they get Kawhi Leonard. A test of what not to do uh, to begin a podcast. We it, may we may be doing some editing once this is done. And wait, just or, or can just you guys pause for three seconds so we can get a clean start? Hold on. Okay, go ahead. Nothing clean about uh, what we were just talking about. <laughs> Nothing clean at all. <laughs> so as we begin this Miami Sports Pod, you can't read the sponsor after that. You got you. They're going to need at least a three minute buffer. Sponsor? We don't even have a sponsor after that. We've lost the whole credibility, all money, and an RCC license. But anyway, so Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard is available, and the first thing that comes to mind with anyone is uh, every team right now and every fan out there is thinking, we can get him, we can get him. So let's put ourselves our little heat hats on, since that's what we do here on the pod. You take yours off? Uh, now and then, now and then, uh, you know, I'll take my heat hat off now and then. Did you see Spolstra's Father's Day post? He doesn't take his heat polo off he, ever. He well, I love, I love Riley sending out the subliminal messages. Apparently, you know, uh, the Heat put out a beautiful picture of Eric Spolstra with his with his young son. It's his first Father's Day for Spo. It's beautiful, and as further investigation, you see that the young boy has Santiago. Santiago, he has a onesie on. With whales on it, that had to be a gift from Pat Riley. The, your Pat Riley gift had to be a, a, a whale onesie. It's so funny because Spo is like the most private person. That I mean, how long has he been the Heat's coach? Ten years, and, and you don't know anything about him. And now these posts are kind of leaking onto social media. I saw one Wait, the other. Tell me, do you, what do you mean? We don't know anything about Spo. We know everything. About I mean, Spoh. we know about him, the coach. We know he's a coach. We know he dresses well. He, he runs in the middle of the court when he takes a timeout. Spo does not dress well. He, 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 I think he's a well-dressed man. Anything? I think Spo's a well-dressed well, man. On the, on the court, yes, but perhaps Clay just mentioned, Clay just mentioned I, yeah, you have a Mickey Mouse shirt on. I usually, honestly, I, I usually wear free heat swag on my day off. I respect that. Well, listen, if I, I don't wear Channel 10 swag on my time off. But I have. Spo has his comfortable heat clothes. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, I wouldn't call him I would, a well-dressed I wouldn't man. call him Pat Riley, but I certainly would call him a protege. I don't even know what you're talking about. First of all, your point was 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 dead the second you mentioned that we don't know a lot about Spo. He's been the he's head coach for over a decade. Of course, we know a lot. I he's think been in I think for twenty in the, years. In the social media age, we're learning little clues. Like you said, his kids' pajamas well, listen, were a clue. In the social media age, we learn more about you. In the pod age, we learn your bathroom habits. I mean, there's no, we learn everything. So, anyways, you Eric still Spol- can't get to that sponsor. Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra. Uh, 
you know, easy, happy Father's Day, by the way, guys. Now that, that we're Back here, we, we're taping this on Father's Day, and, and hopefully you're listening, or maybe after those first five minutes you're not listening. <laughs> but look, Kawhi Leonard is a big deal, and we all knew that this could come. And let's be honest, though, here, realistic. Is it really a possibility for the Heat? We all love to talk about it, and we already have plenty away from the pod and by our desk and on air, and we love to think the Heat. And Clay, you wrote something for Local 10 about it, why the Heat should go after him. But is it realistic that the Heat can actually get Kawhi Leonard? It, it define realistic. I mean, if Meaning, we're talking— Are they really one of the, the five, six teams that, that could legitimately— You know, we talked last pod about LeBron, and LeBron is different because LeBron can dictate where he goes. Even though he, he, even though there would have to be maneuvering done by the Heat if, if that were the case, we all agreed that it was unlikely LeBron would come back. But if LeBron wanted to come back, he could make it happen. Kawhi Leonard has no say in where he goes. He can say where he wants to go, but it's the Spurs who dictate. And if they don't want to send them somewhere, the package isn't right. He's not going where he wants to go just because he wants to go there. The short answer is yes. It is a possibility. I do think it is realistic. And there are a few reasons why. Now, I do think that there are a lot of challenges they're going to have to overcome here. But I think a couple of things play into their favor here. Number one... We don't know Greg Popovich, but from what has been reported, he is really reluctant to make other teams in the Western Conference better. Sending really? anybody wait, 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 how, how all of a sudden we don't know well-known coaches? Now we don't know Greg Popovich. This is the pod, International Men of Mystery. We don't know Spo. You know, two of the best coaches in the know, You know who are they? You know who we don't know a lot about? Don Shula. We don't really know Don Shula. We could spend a lot of time talking about what we do. I'm glad I didn't say the dumbest thing in the first six minutes of the pod. Close to it. You, actually, but not, you, you did. Eric Spolstra. Not knowing Eric. We don't know much about Eric Spolstra. Who is Eric Spolstra? I'll rephrase. I'll rephrase. We, we, we can't pretend to know what Greg Popovich is that's, thinking. That's like it. But, but what's been out there is that he doesn't want to trade him to the Western Conference. Which makes sense. So, so that cuts down half the team. So now what you're looking at here is uh, Kawhi Leonard, much like Paul George for years, it, it's been pretty much out there that he wants to go to L.A., wants to go to the Lakers. So how many teams are willing to blow up their current roster for what could amount to a one-year gamble? And, yeah. and I think... I personally, I think Pat Riley is one of the coaches, and and excuse me, one of the <laughs> we're blowing it with coaches now. Where is one of the front office heads that would be willing to make a run at this and say, you know what? If after one year he goes, he goes. But we have to take a shot. And by the way, look at how. Speaking of Paul George, the latest reports indicate he's going to stay in Oklahoma City. Now we're recording this on Sunday night, so a lot could change. But that seems to be the feeling now. And Oklahoma City was viewed as a one-year rental for Paul George, yeah. a one-year trial period, mm-hmm. and he, he was going to be gone and going to L.A. after that. So I think Kawhi Leonard's situation now, people look at Paul George, and if he ends up staying in OKC, somebody like Pat Riley, who has said that if you show him the right name, he would be all in, may be willing to take that chance for one year. Clay, you wrote an article entitled Kawhi Not, which is fantastic as a title, Will serves you a softball. He says, so, should the Heat take a fl- you know take aim at Kawhi Leonard? Do they really have a chance? And you don't give him a Kawhi not? I have to be honest. Ka- what were you thinking? I-, I was thinking, how in the world did you think it was a good idea to send us text messages telling us why this podcast was being delayed? I, yeah. I-, I just cannot get over that personally. Uh, by the way, uh, speaking of social media, there are some social media tea leaves that have he fans a little more optimistic about Kawhi Leonard. So I, I want to hear about those. Listen, Kawhi is the number two person out there uh, after LeBron James in this market that you're going after. And Vera Cadillac, by the way, 
can't even get to the sponsor. <laughs> Would you like me to take I it for a moment, Will? I can't even begin to <laughs> They're so good, it's a Wait. joke. Our sponsor today is Vera Motors. These people are the best. When you want to spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC. Pembroke Pines, they do it with a smile. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, our final week as the sponsor. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium. Pembroke Pines, tell them Dookie Lang sent you. Look, I think we have to at least throw this out there. Props to all the ladies in our, because they've obviously made our, our Father's Day very happy, and, and clearly Dookie Lang had a good meal before coming in here. He had soup at Publix. So, so I, love, had, I love Publix soup. So, I do. So, so we've had a very good that's Father's not, that's, Day. That's, that's not an ad. That's just no. everybody, you know, everybody grows up with a different thing. I'm well, a, listen, we need a new sponsor after this one, so if I can uh, start throwing out. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a soup aficionado. I like many a different soup, and, uh, you know. I miss Judge. Well, Panera Bread. Anybody just want to come along? <laughs> Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, so, oh no. Yeah, you, yeah. Listen, you know what the you took it like. too far. Always. Oh, oh you geez. you didn't go with Kawhi. I, so, well, to answer your very serious question, if I am the Miami, if I am a decision maker in the Miami Heat, first of all, they've made a tremendous mistake, and second of all, there is not a player or person on the Heat's roster or in their franchise who I would not give up in any combination for Kawhi Leonard. Well, Pat Riley said as much. We, we I, talked about it last I, week. They Pat Riley take, said no they one's have, untouchable. They could have Riley too. They could take Riley with them. Give me Kawhi and uh, you could take Bernie. You could take Mike B. No, slow down. Slow you could take Crotty. You can't take You could take you. You could take Jax. You could take the entire... You could take Eric Reed. Just send Kawhi. No, that no, that no, is no, where no, the you, heater. You've crossed the line there. Too many. Which names which that, one was too far? Uh, Bernie. No, all, all of them. You can't you, look. Kawhi is a spectacular player, but this goes back to the conversation we had last week, guys. And this is the part I don't understand. Uh, there are two parts I don't understand from a Heat perspective, and not necessarily the front office, but the fans. Look, you mentioned earlier the tea leaves, and uh, this is the beauty of NBA free agency and offseason with trade talk is that you know you try to be like inspector gadget and try to figure everything out and try to really you know get all the read the tea leaves read the signs see what's being said see what's being tweeted for the benefit of your team how can we get this guy but the things that that confuse me number 1 is why wouldn't the Heat go after Kawhi? Of course. I mean, Riley said no one's untouchable. They don't have a superstar. Uh, he's a superstar. You go after him. B is this whole theory that the Heat don't have enough to get him. I mean, they do have enough. Other teams may have more. Other teams may have more attractive situations, but that doesn't mean that the Heat don't have enough. And then that if they don't get Kawhi, it's some indictment on the Heat front office that, see, this is what you get for signing James Johnson and Deion Waiters. No, I mean, they signed those guys to have a roster of good players. They have flexibility. But guys, in this NBA, we've said it over and over, the Warriors are the class of the league, and it's I don't care if the Heat do get Kawhi Leonard this offseason. I mean, if they do, it's still not going to change the fact that the Warriors are the class of the NBA. So, to me, from a, a Heat perspective, it's just try to build something over these next couple of years to get to that point that when the Warriors finally do fall, you're there and you've got money available and you've got the flexibility to build a big core again. But if you can get the one piece, one start of it, and it's Kawhi Leonard, of course you do it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's any situation in which they should pass up any combination players i think it, it's going to be tough it's going to be tough because oh, I, do, I, I, I think we can I, all agree I do, it's unlikely because for example if there are just certain teams who 
if they want him more, just have more assets. Boston Celtics. If the Boston Celtics put Kyrie on the table and say, Kyrie and a 2019 first-round pick, and if we have to, Jalen Brown for Kawhi. The Spurs have to do that, okay? And the the types of players who the Heat would be offering, you're talking about guys like Josh Richardson, maybe, a Justice Winslow, maybe, Goran Dragic, no, maybe. No, maybe. These are all the Bam Adebayo. These are the But those types of guys are potentially really good. In theory, if everything breaks right with Justice Winslow's development, in f- three years, he could be a somewhat comparable player to Kawhi. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't no, think... No, but no. I'm saying th- 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 you're you're selling them on potential, okay? If you deal with a team like Boston, if, if, if... To me, I think Boston is the most likely spot. That's just my opinion. But if you deal with a team like Boston, when you trade Kyrie, you are getting an all-star. You are getting... A guy who's won a championship, been in the finals, four finals MVP in Kawhi. There's a fair yeah, but value. You're talking, you're talking in basketball talent perspective, but Clay referenced earlier, and this is why there's been more to it, is it's where he's going to sign. Kawhi is going to be a free agent. So you can't give up the farm, so to speak, and give up all these players not knowing you can get a guy. Perfect example is Paul George, the Paul George move you mentioned. Look, Paul George, it ended up working out, but when, when OKC got... When they got Victor Oladipo, who had bounced around and didn't look like he was a guy who was going to be that worth that top five pick that he was, and 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 you were, you know, you said, is this guy a one-dimensional player? And they got Sabonis, a young guy. Thought, well, you, you look back now, the Thunder killed that trade. They did great. I mean, they they all of a sudden Victor Oladipo is one of the best young players in the NBA, coming off an All-Star season. Sabonis is a developing player. And they'd have to worry about just letting them walk for nothing. The Spurs are in a similar boat. They're going to try to get some sort of value. But if you're the other team, you can't just say, I'll give you all these guys I have. Like you mentioned some of those guys in Boston, but not know if this guy's going to stay around on top of getting an enormous salary if he does stay around. There are, there. are It's not just, I like Kawhi Leonard's a great player. I'll give you a bunch of guys. There's more to it than just, from a basketball perspective, of course you make that move. But it's not that easy. It's not that easy because of the uncertainty of where Kawhi wants to be. And we talked about it all the time when it comes to LeBron. Stars in the NBA dictate where they play. If Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to play in Boston, sure, you can trade him to Boston. Doesn't mean he's got to stay there. And this gets back, I, I don't want to uh, tease something and then not mention what I was actually talking about. Talking about the tea leaves on social media, Kawhi Leonard reportedly was in South Florida last week. He spent some time at Red the Steakhouse. Tim Reynolds from the AP had that and was actually talking to people about the heat. Oh, he's at Chipotle, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was a Chipotle, a fan saw him there. So, I, I mean, I, I thought people... I saw him. <laughs> <laughs> we, it all comes back around to what we started the podcast with. So, he, he was backing up. He was in South Florida. Does that say much? No, not necessarily because yeah, everybody loves it. Here, people yeah. vacation here. Uh, but I do think that if you're looking at this, and the Heat's, the heat's hope here is just what you said, that yes, Boston has more assets to trade here. And and Dukey is absolutely right. In fact, uh, Wojnarowski said that Boston would be the team to watch He's got to stop stealing my stuff. Yeah, it, clearly. That's how he's made his career, is stealing Dukey Lang's stuff. Lang bombs. It, when you go the one step too right, far... Lang, Lang, Lang bombs is the, <laughs> the name of this podcast. How did that happen? Shams took his job and then he went to ESPN no, 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 and he's no, been no, doing no, great. No, no, we're we're no, talking about Woj? No. He developed sources over years and years. He built up credibility. He's a great reporter. What, what, how did Woj happen? How is everything in this <laughs> podcast coming back to Langbombs? I, 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 it's, it's unbelievable. So 
if Kawhi does not want to go to Boston and they let them know through back channels, look, I'm not going to resign there under any circumstances. We do know that Danny Ainge has a history of holding on to his guys really tightly and mm-hmm. and not being willing to let them go just for anything. And it's worked out well for him. He's turned out to be right. Jalen Brown's turned out to be really good player. Uh, the Kyrie Irving situation is interesting because he came out and he said it doesn't make financial sense to resign in Boston. He's right, by the way. So going back to your original point, the Heat's hope here is that Pop is absolutely dead set against sending him to the Western Conference against that, and he wants to send him to the East, which cuts the pool in half, and then you wonder how much where Kawhi would want to go in the East would play into this. And I I think that, yes, asset for asset, there is no way that Miami could match what Boston has if they both go all in. But I don't know how many teams are willing to go all in without any sort of assurance that that Kawhi is going to re-sign. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that Pat Riley is the most likely out of anybody in the East to be willing to go all in in a situation because I think he's, he wants to shake this thing yeah, up. It, the whole premise that, that I've been reading is that, you know, the Heat, what are they going to do? What You know, are they interested in this? And maybe they're going to take it a more patient approach and, and look for Pat Riley, how many times have I said this? Uh, probably a thousand. Pat Riley's not a patient man. He's just not. He's not a patient man. Pat Riley, and that's okay. It's like you said about Danny Ainge and some of the moves he's made that served him well. Listen, it served Pat Riley well. Pat Riley, when he sees an opportunity, he pounces. Not only does he pounce, he attacks those opportunities. He looks for those opportunities. doesn't always work out. Hayward last year didn't work out, but hey, they were one of the finals. A few years ago, he met with, with uh, Kevin Durant. Obviously, it went nowhere in that sense, but he met with him. I mean, he gets you in the room. He gets that ability. He gets in these talks. To me, there's no doubt in my mind Pat Riley is going to get involved in this situation. Now, how far it goes, whether it goes anywhere, whether there's something there, we'll see. And we again, we could all agree that it's unlikely. But I wouldn't put anything against Pat Riley it being able to get a move like this or make a move like this because he gives you those. You talk about the tea leaves on Twitter. Pat Riley gives you the tea leaves every time he speaks when he talks about no one's untouchable, mm-hmm. you know, what we're trying to build. And you need that, what is it again? Transformative player. Thank you. Look, Pat doesn't say that. That was my to, best, Riley. He doesn't, that was actually terrible. He doesn't, <laughs> say, he doesn't say that just to say it. He says it because this is what he envisions with his team. If the Heat come back next year and they try everything to pull out all the stops and they try everything to, to get all these players we've talked about from LeBron to Kawhi to, to who knows else, DeMar DeRozan, and it doesn't work out and they come back with a similar team, except maybe you know you get Dion back and maybe another move that they make, they're still a competitive team and that's okay It's because they'll have flexibility in a couple of years, but she's still got to try and you know Pat will. Mm-hmm. You know, as as dangerous, I'll put that in air quotes, as, as Pat Riley would be if you, if you put him in a room with Kawhi, I still think the most dangerous person to put in a room with them is Greg Popovich. And I think a lot of it has to do with money. I I think it's just as simple as the San Antonio Spurs are the only team in the NBA that can still offer the Supermax. And, you know, as much as... It's funny because this is a very un-Spurs-like situation, and this is a very un like situation, right? Because Kawhi is kind of known as a quiet sort of s- superstar. He doesn't talk too much on the court. And all of a sudden last year, the situation, Clay, it just like, it just deteriorated. I, I don't know. It just, he, you know, he ha- he plays nine games. He has an injury. The Spurs say he's fine. They start having other players on the team say, oh yeah, you can come back. It's just a weird situation for a guy who 
kind of was the chosen one in that franchise, right? It went from David Robinson, who was the championship superstar, quiet leader, high character guy, to Tim Duncan, who was the ultimate high character, quiet, uh, you know, not necessarily the quiet and, and high character are associated with each other, but right. this, but it's a Spurs type. Mm-hmm. You can be loud and high character. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not associating players who don't talk much with character because I happen to like players who talk a lot. Well, I think it's. I, I was going to say you're also loud. So are you saying that I, you are loud and high character? I am. I am loud and high character. You know, I, I like. You know, it's. But he fought. He fell right into that. Right. As like the next logical spur to take the torch from Robinson to Duncan to him. And then they just had this weird falling out. But I I just have a feeling that, yeah, it came out this week. He's mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. But until he goes in a room with Popovich and until they have a conversation, I think I think there's a chance that ultimately cooler heads in a supermax will prevail. And I think that... that I don't know about that, that Popovich, that Popovich I don't know about that. That, that if Popovich and him have a conversation, I think, I think that... that as as sideways as this situation went and as much as his representation changed and as bad as it was last year i don't know many at, there's a reason the nba set the supermax there's a reason that they created the system I get it. We, people don't w- often walk away from 219 million dollars you got to really hate the river walk you got to really really well, really hate being that's there. your point is i don't know if i can't speak for Kawhi Leonard or what he you know i don't know Kawhi Leonard. who is Kawhi Leonard? <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of a, he's kind of a, no no that actually may be the only one we don't know because Kawhi is a pretty quiet guy. No, but I think you're on to something. It's not about hating the Riverwalk. Does he want to spend the rest of his career in San Antonio? There is something to be said for wanting to be in a major media market, major television market. Now, I will say this about Kawhi, and, and I know you touched on it, and it's the truth. And people who follow the NBA know this. Kawhi Leonard is not exactly the most outspoken, talkative person as you discussed, and I remember in the finals a few years ago, I'll never forget, and you know the way the finals are set up, that they, for media day, they have like a court set up, and there's podiums, and some of the, like the the ninth and 10th guy on the bench, they're walking around the court, and you can just grab them real quick and interview them if you can. The superstars are on a podium, and they get their special podium. So I'm looking around during the Spurs one, and I'm looking, you know, we get Manu Ginobili, and you're trying to get some of the guys and the key guys on the team, the Tony Parkers, the Tim Duncans, all those guys, and I look at a distance and I see Kawhi Leonard. Now, granted, this was a few years ago. Kawhi was already a budding star, but he wasn't the super, superstar he is now. But he was pretty popular, and obviously he had a big finals. I see Kawhi Leonard all by himself. Just standing there at a podium all by himself. So I look at my photographer and say, let's go over there and, and, and get Kawhi Leonard. And I'm thinking, wow, this is great for our shows, for our, for our special heat shows. I'm going to have a one-on-one interview with Kawhi Leonard. It's going to be cool. A couple minutes of me and Kawhi, you know, talking hoops. Hey, Kawhi, uh, uh, you know, ask him a question about the series. I mean, it's be a good, good series, you know. We're, we're, we're excited. And that's the way he answered for like three or four straight questions. And I kind of looked at myself and said, oh, this is why no one's here. You know, this I wondered, why, no one I wondered why, I, why I aired that. That was probably an error in judgment. Yeah, that was I a, ran the whole thing raw. All, all, all two, eight minutes. All two minutes of that. No, listen, it wasn't eight minutes. Two minutes in, I'm like, this is a emergency. The emergency broadcast system. That was me. The emergency. It's time to to. Be. But look, maybe he just wants to leave San Antonio. Maybe he doesn't want to have the the prime of his career. And let's let's face it, he's still got his prime ahead of him in San Antonio. It's as simple as that. And you can't fault him. By the way, 
This is the way we really do it. When you want to spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years in this pod for a couple of months for the best deal in South Florida. The best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. Two points on this. Going back to Dookie Lang's point about thinking that Popovich, (laughs) what he tried to make. Uh, Sitting down with Popovich, and Popovich will will ultimately hammer things out. I think a real problem occurred when you had Tony Parker come out and say, uh, you know, this thing should have been fixed, however he phrased it, but basically saying I had an injury, a similar injury, only it was worse. Man up and play, basically. Yeah, Yeah. this is not just a Popovich situation. This is not just an organizational situation. This has to do with his teammates at this point. And uh, there's obviously some some bad feelings there, not just with the organization, but also with the guys that he has to take the court with. So I I think that is extended beyond Popovich now, and that's going to be a real problem here. To Will's point about Kawhi being quiet, and I actually read this, and I can't remember if it was Woj or who else said it, that Kawhi does not want to go somewhere and be the biggest star in town. He doesn't want to go somewhere and and really be the biggest star on the team. He wants to go somewhere where he can be quiet. He can be... I think if you, I think that's why the Lakers are attractive because you go out there, you're assuming that they're going to get another big star out there, and obviously if Lonzo Ball stays there, Lavar Ball is the one who who gets a lot of the the media coverage. So. Kawhi could go and just play. I do think that there is an element of that in Miami, and and I think that would help the Heat as well. Not that he wouldn't be the biggest star in the team, and he wouldn't be the guy that, that you would go to to get sound bites, but he can go out to Red the Steakhouse, and he'll talk to a couple of people, but people aren't going to fawn all over him. He can go to Joe Stonecrab. He can go somewhere, and this is, this is a place where celebrities go and hang out, and people aren't going to freak out. He can he can be a private person. Outside remember, of New York, that's probably every every NBA city, right? Like, yeah. if he goes to the Knicks... I mean, Justin Bohr can't walk through the Aventura Mall without getting mobbed. Well, but I, I remember... Uh, I forget who was talking about this, but it was something about... Uh, Boston is an area that, that can be tough if you're an athlete, because mm-hmm. you go around and uh, people love their stars. I think it was referring to Red Sox players, but uh, here in South Florida... It's kind of like L.A. in that respect. Yeah, that, he wouldn't they, have that problem. They, yeah. they, they love their celebrities, but it's it's not that you, he could probably go out and have a meal. Yes, they're going to take a picture of him at Chipotle before the uh, NBA free agency kicks off because it's a big deal and everybody's wondering where he's going to go. But if you do come to South Florida, if you are a member of the Heat and you're Kawhi Leonard, after a little while... You're, you're kind of in the community, and you're not somebody who is going... Point being, he could come here and get that side of it, and I'm sure he knows that. I'm sure people have told him that. What's, what's that bike ride that Dwayne Wade used to go on that they did once a month? Oh, Critical Mass. Critical Mass. Dwayne Wade used Dwayne Wade used well, right. well, now, well, now I'd like you to, you know, No, I can't expand. stand it. Go ahead, please. We, we have, who, who I have create, nothing but time. Who create mass gridlock on the roads at the worst times in the worst areas. Yeah, that's, I'm not a fan of it. No, I'm not, not a fan. Have you, have you had, like, personal experience, like, getting yeah, like, trapped I, in the uh, Of course, we all have at some point. If well, you, if you, I, you, I live in Cooper City. I've, I have no problem with it. I saw Dwayne on it and looked delightful. And were I a biker, I might participate. Well, I was going to say, you lived... Oh, come on, man. Uh, it, well, sure, because you love holding up traffic. Well, of course. That's that's what I would... And you know what? I'd be in the left lane. Well, yeah. yeah this one day when it's really slow, once NBA for ages, we have to have the discussion with Lang about cruising in the left lane. We have to just do an entire podcast. I just don't understand that. if they're gonna they if they're gonna the if they're gonna set a speed limit, people should abide by the limit, right? This is we could go on the entire thing. So Kawhi Leonard, I 
I think there are a number of reasons why Heat fans should pay attention to this. I think there is a chance. Yes, is it less than 50-50? Of course. Is it well under 50-50? Of course. But I I do think Give me a number. You have some... I'm not going to go there. You you, you said less than 50-50. Well, didn't we go... Like, when LeBron was going to be a free agent in 2014, everybody was saying, oh, I can't believe they're assigning percent. I think you were one of the ones. Oh, I'm sure. But by the way, remember, if you do bet... You get your dollar back. <laughs> you had to bring that back up again. But I, I think there's a reason to pay attention to this thing. And I also <coughs> think, by the way, everybody's looking at July 1. They're looking at when the new NBA league year begins mm-hmm. and get ready for free agency. Guys, I really think this week is going to be interesting. And, and you go back to last year and you had the Paul George deal. You had Jimmy Butler deal. The nights leading up to the draft and, of course, on draft night. This is when things are going to happen. This is when you start to hear about stuff. I'm glad you said Jimmy Butler because before we wrap up, we talk so much about Kawhi and LeBron. What about Anthony Wiggins? Uh, I think Andrew Wiggins, if especially if you right, call... Six on my Anthony Wiggins? I'm sorry, Andrew Wiggins. If, you know what? You're still shook by critical mass. You bring that up to me, I start trembling. Like, start there, there, just, there are certain names, by the way, and this is kind of an aside, but I live in asides. There are certain words I know I could say that could get swear words out of Will Manso. So I don't say them, but now I can add critical mass to the lit. Not swear words, but just just his knees tapping. Like there's like this tense. So he's gone. Like so he, are we saying that you are a critical? He's he's, he's critical on many things. Yes. <laughs> well, thinker, Andrew thinker. Is, yes, I'm a critical Andrew thinker. Andrew Wiggins has got this huge deal that he just got, and and it's a lot of money. But he kind of fell out of favor there in in Minnesota with the addition of Jimmy Butler. Uh, things are changed there. I mean, he's not that go-to type guy. Obviously, they have Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, they, they've got a nice nucleus. He's a name I've heard a couple times, and we also mentioned DeRozan earlier. Those are names you wonder how much the Heat will get into that mix. Wiggins is an interesting one because the number one question is, is he available? But the number two question is, is he, if he is available, do you put the pieces together for that type of player and that type of contract? Number one question is is yes. Uh, reading from a number of people up in Minneapolis, uh, they're over it. They want to move on. And so I, he is available, and, and I think they would love to unload him. If you're the Heat, you know that. And, and if you're interested, you call and you see what it'll take. I, I think in a deal for Wiggins, you have to understand what your leverage is. You have no leverage in a Kawhi Leonard trade. You have to call and offer everything that you've got and then some in order to get a deal. It still might not be enough. With an Andrew Wiggins deal, you have some leverage because you know that they want to move on too. So I think you would have to include, uh, have to try to include one of your bad contracts. And I I think Hassan Whiteside would be the one that you would look at there. If there was a way to find a way to make that happen, then yes, you do it. Wiggins interests me. Because he would immediately be the most talented player on the Heat's roster. And and he brings a, a combination that, that they don't have and something that they really need. They so, teach him how to play defense. And you look at this and you say, okay, we have a number of good defensive players on this team. We need a dynamic score. Can... Is he the type of guy who would come here, buy in immediately? And, and you go to him and you say, look, your chance to become a superstar is dwindling. You come here, you buy in, you do what the Heat culture says to do, and you can become that guy. You can be that superstar. And I think if you get a good vibe from him, if you talk to people around him and find out why he had the drop-off and play after signing the big contract, was it just because he couldn't coexist with Butler? If that's the reason why, you roll the dice, you take a shot. You know who heard that pep talk, that same pep talk, and, and the Heat passed every, if you buy in, if you do what's right, this... Hassan Whiteside, right? That, that, I mean, that was sort of you know when when he came here before he got the you know the big contract. At first, 
He was a little wild. He, you know, was throwing elbows and fighting in games, and they weren't sure. They saw the talent, but they weren't sure if he had the buy-in. I don't. I don't know. But these are two different. Two different. I know. I know. Think about positions. No, not even positions. Players. I mean, Hassan's. Hassan's perception and the things that he came into the league with are not what what Wiggins is. Baggage, I guess, if you will. Wiggins isn't baggage. Wiggins is just he was putting up. I mean, he's averaging what twenty three points a game a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. and and that's why they gave him that huge contract. But now his shots have gone down. The ability, you know, he's obviously the ball. There's only one basketball. There's two really talented guys with him there. That have to score the ball and have to have the ball in their hands. Uh, he's different. Hassan Whiteside was. He's got talent, but is it all there in his head? Is can he put the mental part of the game and cre- credit the Heat? I, I'm glad you mentioned Hassan because the one thing about Hassan is he's an easy scapegoat and an easy target. And this is not in any way me trying to defend Hassan for the the silly stuff he's done and the way he handled the playoff situations and, and his moods and all that stuff. But Hassan Whiteside is a success story to me mm-hmm. because the Heat took a guy who bounced around all over the world, literally all over the world, and they turned him into a very impactful player from the mental aspect. The physical aspect was already there. Hassan's problem is that somewhere along the line, he's gotten caught up into this whole, he's a superstar player, when the reality is he's not. And and he's got to remember what he was before, a talented player who didn't have it all there mentally from a, from a capacity of knowing what it's like to be a pro day in and day out. He taught him how to put that together. He showed he could do it. He needs to do that again. He needs to stop thinking like he is this whole thing, like a top five center. I put up as big a numbers as DeAndre Jordan. You can't think that way. You have to think like the guy who came from overseas and had to get another shot at the NBA and, and again, was a success story. You know who made me think of Hassan during the NBA Finals was JaVale McGee. And and McGee is a guy who, uh, look, people laugh at some of the stuff that he does. He's got talent, much like Hassan. I think they're very similar in that respect. A little bit uh, different skill sets, but McGee is similar in that he's a big guy, athletic. He can jump out of the gym. Hassan is is more of a, a defensive presence, but... He bought into what the Warriors were doing. He understood that, look, I've got Steph on this team. I've got Durant. I've got Klay Thompson. I've got, I've got Draymond Green. I'm not, nobody's going to run plays for me. But guess what? In games three and especially game four, who was dominating that game for stretches? It was JaVale McGee. And, and I, I get it. Look, he likes it. People laugh at a lot of the stuff that he does. But man, he played well because he bought in and he knew I can go and make winning plays to steal a, a phrase from, from Pat Riley and, uh-huh. and from Eric Spolstra. He was going out there and dominating the game without getting plays called for him. And if Hassan would do that, and I think Riley was kind of hoping by giving him the deal that at the at the base level, a guy that would go out and do what JaVale McGee did in the NBA Finals would be worth rolling the dice on to give that contract to because if you buy in and just do those little things, then you can really help a ball club. And if the other stuff comes, great. If he could get back to doing that, then nobody would look at that contract as being this albatross that they have. And by the way, and this is part two on Hassan, people have to stop thinking like Hassan is gone. Hassan, A, is still a member of the Heat. B, is... Given what we just talked about, the step back he took this year from a reputation as far as being that moody guy that he had apparently changed and now everybody's it's reverted back to, and that guy who can mope on the court, maybe not give you max effort and, and complain about it, Hassan's not going to be an easy guy to move. If they really are pushing to move him mm-hmm. and where they would move him to, he's this offseason, it's not going to be easy to do. doesn't mean they won't do it, but people have to understand – 
Hassan may be back on the heat day. I would say, you want to play the percentage game? I'd say there's a higher chance Hassan's on this team than he's not. Mm-hmm. And I see people talk about it like fans and, and, and even in articles of, of you know, what's going to happen this offseason from media. It's almost like a given that Hassan won't be here. I'm sorry. To me, it's not a given. To me, it's the higher percentage of Hassan will be here mm-hmm. because of what happened this year, the contract he has, and teams not wanting to put themselves in that situation. If the Heat can't do fix him 100%, I'm not sure anyone can. Look, I'm no business guru, but you sell high. You don't you don't trade when someone's value is beneath what it could be. Hassan's basketball stock is low right now because of what happened with the playoffs, because of the perceived attitude problems. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked to Josh Richardson this week. He's out in L.A. He did a phoner. And I believe Manny Navarro of uh, the Herald asked him, you know, about LeBron. And Josh said, you know, we got some dogs here. We got some We got some dogs here. And I think that that, that sort of attitude is what Hassan was, and then he wasn't. And, and I think that's what he's got to get back. But I kind of want to take us in a little bit of a different direction, Will, as I oh, tend to do. No, no this isn't bad. Well, we're about this to wrap up the pod. So well, you gotta, you gotta... well, then this has to get in because this doesn't make any sense to me. And you've known this man. You've covered this man's entire career. Is Udonis Haslam going to go to China? Like, what What was that all about? Uh, I think it's just Udonis frustrated. I, Why? I think it's a, all because, of a sudden? Well, because I think he's he's a competitor. And Udonis is a competitor. And it's, I don't think it's all of a sudden. There's been rumblings that he hasn't been. Look, this, every he didn't know his season, role, though? Like, he knew every, his role. No, but... I, Look, you want to you want to go on both sides. I can see why the Heat like UD in a almost like a player coach, a mentor role where yeah, he like a culture by, expert where he played seventy two minutes last year. But I will say this, and Clay, you and I discussed a little bit off air. There are times last year where I'd be sitting there watching a Heat game, and whether it be in studio working the game or here at the station watching the game or at the game itself, where I'd say to myself. Why not put in Udonis mm-hmm. now? Why not give him a five, ten minute run instead of a Jordan Mickey or some mm-hmm. of the other guys they ran out there? So I while I understand that Udonis' game is very limited, especially in this day NBA and his and at his age and, and the wear and tear, I get it. He can't be a 15, 20 minute guy at night, but there should be, I would say, a dozen to 15 games a year where Udonis could be a 15, 20-minute guy and give you a decent run of 15, 20 minutes. Are those going to be in Shanghai or Tel Aviv? No. In the NBA with the Heat, I thought, last year, because they gave those minutes to a Jordan Mickey. And the other, look, by the way, Jordan Mickey at times played very well for the Heat last year in a little fill-in role. So I get where he's coming from. Yeah. That's not to say that the Heat look would have won a lot more games if they played more Udonis. But for Udonis' sake is, look, I put my blood, sweat, and tears 15 years in this organization. I train hard. I eat right. I do everything. I, I'm on Instagram all the time showing you how hard I work. Mm-hmm. I'm doing push-ups with all my kids on top of me. I've got 500 pounds stacked on weights and I'm throwing it around. I want to do that for a reason, to play. I get it. I get it. It's just frustration, I think. Well, and that's what he said. I, I was out at the, at the high school when he said it, and he, he was saying, I don't do all that just to sit on the bench. I get it. I thought it was really interesting. You, you go back two years ago. Remember when they were in that that game six in Charlotte, the elimination game? UD. I, everybody looks at what Dwayne Wade did, and, and he deserves all the credit that he gets for, for winning them that game. UD played some really important minutes in that game, and... 
I don't think, given how little he's played since then, I don't think two years is a whole lot of time. I think he could play. The problem with Udizi can't score anymore because he can't, anything that he gets within five, ten feet, it's hard for him to put a finishing move because people block him from in front or from behind. It's hard for him to have a finishing move. And that little jumper of his, it's hard to get consistent when you don't play much. So... His role is more that type: the enforcer, come in, rebound, show some toughness. But isn't his? It's hard when you have a guy on the court who do, who can't score. I get it. But well, isn't his main role like attitude and culture? It is. And but in so, this NBA, you got to score. No, you got right, right, to no, 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 have the ability. No, to I get score. that. But I'm talking about relative to his comments. That's I, I was like totally taken aback by his comments. I was off, and I started getting texts. Udonis Haslam doesn't want to doesn't want to play in the United States. Willing to go overseas to get minutes. And I'm like. UD is no, like UD is like the ultimate, it but literal. he is the ultimate, ultimate like heat lifer, company guy, yeah, but culture even, guy, on, even and for them to like guy to is pu- right, but to publicly air something like that was very different. I didn't think it was an airing like, and you and you were there, Clay. And I listened to the video, uh, the video, the audio, and I watched it. I it wasn't UD angry. It was UD saying, "Look, man, I, look, I'll probably, I probably I want to come back, but man, I want to play. Like I don't have a problem with that, and I don't, and I don't think the Heat have a problem with that." Oh, I, I think quite the opposite. I think they they don't want anyone who doesn't want to play. I think they've said that they want people who are dying to play. They said that about Hassan Whiteside. That no, we don't have a problem with him wanting to play. Now, to, to I think there's a huge difference in UD saying, "Look." I want to play eight to ten minutes a game, which which is more than he would play. But saying I want to get a little run, and Hassan Whiteside going out and publicly bashing Spolstra for not playing him more minutes than he was yeah, already, that, when he wasn't producing. UD's was pretty. I mean, it was pretty tame. It, it, it was you, timid. It was. It was, it was tame. Deal. It was surprising. He's I, like he's like you said. He's almost like a coach. So that'd be like no, that'll be like if Jawan Howard came out and said, "Man, I I want more. You know, I want to I want to call more well, plays." Well, Jawan Howard is a coach, but I mean, <laughs> right? But I'm saying if he came out and said, "I want to call more plays," this but, is ridiculous. But see, here's the problem with I want more halftime whole, interviews. The whole ambassador role, whatever you want to call it, the enforcement or if you don't play the other players on the team don't take you as seriously and they don't take the things that you say seriously well, it doesn't have to, the impact it's easier to have an impact when you're on the court this so, is true so, words words are nice the actions speak more the, it, there's no doubt i mean about he that. has eight the what 16 15 no, years no, of no, but if you if like let's just say the heat are having a, a tough start to a game which they yep. did often last year you know they're they're out, they're, out, they're down 22 10 and they're not playing with energy and they're not diving after loose balls you bring a udonis for a six minute Six minutes of Udonis diving around and going to get rebounds and pushing guys around and going up for boards and hustling is more impactful to show a team to wake up than that Udonis scream at them on the on, on the sideline on the bench. I 100% agree with that. And that's what we're talking about here. You mentioned it's hard when you can't score. We're not talking about him being an every night rotational player. We're talking about in those circumstances where you're saying this team is missing something and and bring either defensively bring him in. Well, it'll also be interesting to see how Kawhi responds to him. Just to bring this full circle. When you spend your hard-earned money on a cargo to a place with a reputation, I promise you there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida. The best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. All right, so as we wrap up this uh, Miami Sports Pod, I will not be here the next couple of weekends. Uh, you and uh, Clay will take it. And hopefully you will take a lot of heat talk. I will be in Paris watching, uh, seeing the Kawhi Leonard news. Au revoir. Are you going to come back if he signs here? He's traded here? No. 